welcome everyone. I'm so happy you're here. My name is Dr. Laura Greenfield from lauragreenfield.com and you are listening to my very first episode of Let's Talk Facilitation. I teach college educators to be outstanding, socially just class discussion facilitators. My primary focus is to help educators, including those nervous public speakers, to recognize the potential they already have within themselves to be outstanding facilitators, and then to support them in developing purposeful practices. Today, we're going to dive right into how to get students to talk in class. In particular, I'm going to share three of the biggest mistakes I see facilitators make when students are quiet and what you can do instead. I chose this topic today because I know so many of you are eager to get more students engaged. And while you're experts in your subjects and intuitively talented teachers, many of you didn't get the support you needed in graduate school to learn best practices for class facilitation. So you've had to learn to be a great teacher on the job. It can be hard enough guiding a group discussion that results in meaningful learning, but if students aren't talking at all, it's impossible. When I first started teaching, I had plenty of classes where students had zero responses to my question prompts. Or as one of my clients put it, they just sat there like dead fish. I even had a class once where a student in the first row pulled out a newspaper, opened it up as big as it would go, held it in front of his face, blocking my view of him and his view of me, and very clearly sent me the message that he was not going to participate. Luckily, I have learned a few things since those days, and no one has whipped out a newspaper in class since that time. I'm going to share some of the lessons that I have learned along the way with you. So here we go. These are the three mistakes that facilitators make when students are quiet and what to do instead. Mistake number one is making assumptions. Making assumptions about why students are quiet and then attempting to respond to that assumption with a strategy. So for example, if students are quiet, a facilitator might be tempted to assume that the students aren't prepared and as a result, dive into reprimanding them or lecturing them or giving them a pop quiz. Or maybe the facilitator assumes that students aren't talking because they just don't care. And as a result, the facilitator could feel hurt or defensive. Um, they might engage in some kind of power struggle to get the students to talk or might feel like they have to defend themselves or convince the students that the topic is important. Or maybe the facilitator assumes that the students are bored and because of that, they change the topic or they feel pressure to entertain the students rather than simply to engage with them. Or maybe the facilitator assumes that students aren't talking because they're not paying attention. And as a result, the facilitator might start repeating themselves or calling on people to put the pressure on them to focus. Uh, maybe the facilitator assumes that students didn't understand the question. And so they repeat it over and over. Or they slow down more than is needed. Um, or maybe they assume that the question was too complicated and so they dumb it down. 
regardless of the assumption, it's a problem because assumptions are exactly that. Assumptions are guesses. They're not an actual strategy. They might be right, but they might not be right. And therefore, your attempt to fix the problem um, could actually take the class off track. So what do you do instead? What do you do instead of acting upon an assumption and instead move forward with a strategy? Well, one of the easiest things to do, but often overlooked option, is to simply ask the class why they are quiet. In other words, be transparent about your struggle. Get the information you need from them. Um, and doing this also shows that you care about their experience in the class. So, for example, one time I was leading a discussion and nobody was talking. People were really just sort of staring down at the table, not saying much. So I posed the question to the class and I said something like this. I said, hey, everybody, you know, I just posed a question that I thought was pretty interesting, but I'm not hearing any responses and I'm looking around the room and everybody's just sort of staring down at the table. And so I'm wondering what's going on. Um, did the question not make sense? Um, are you, do you need more time to think it through? Um, are people just tired? Are you bored? What's, what's going on? Help me out here, folks. And as a result of posing that question, a couple students volunteered a response and consistently they shared that they were really tired. It was late in the semester and the class was late in the day and they were just exhausted. They were interested in the subject and they, they wanted to participate, but their brains were just not operating at 100% right now. And so now that I knew what was going on, I was able to adapt to that situation. So I eased up a little bit on the pressure of how much we were going to cover and how deep we were going to go and sort of reprioritized which question to ask and how to use the rest of the time. And as a result of this, the students actually engaged a little bit more. And I think that's because they felt heard, they felt understood, they felt seen as real human beings, and therefore they were willing to you know, put in a little bit more effort to, to get the discussion going. So when in doubt, ask the class and use that information to tailor your response. Now, the second mistake that facilitators make when students are quiet is they decide to wing it. Their strategy for dealing with students not participating is really to not have a strategy, that they prepare their questions, um, they're, they're ready for the class, but they simply hope students talk. They leave it to chance as to whether or not they will. In other words, they end up taking a reactive rather than a proactive approach to getting students to talk. So why is it a problem to wing it? Well, First of all, going in without a game plan can be nerve-wracking, that it makes you feel out of control. And it's not a strategy to hope that students talk. Um, instead, it leaves you to problem-solve on the spot, which can be stressful. So what do you do instead of winging it? What do you do instead of hoping students participate? Well, you can create a game plan in advance to increase the likelihood that students will talk. So in other words, 
We are approaching this as prevention as opposed to a cure. So what can you put in place now that will engage the students as opposed to um, what should I do if they don't talk? So let me give you an example. I was teaching a first year seminar where a significant portion of the class was devoted to talking about racism. And one of the students who was very dedicated to the class nevertheless was having a hard time participating. And I spoke with him later in my office hours and he shared with me that it would be really helpful to him if he could have access to our discussion questions prior to reading the material that we would be discussing so that he would know what to focus on and therefore be more prepared for class. So not simply having the discussion prompts in advance of the discussion, but actually in advance of the readings. And I thought this was a terrific suggestion. In many ways, it seemed so obvious, and yet it hadn't really occurred to me. And so what I ended up doing was adding the question prompts to the online forum that we were using for our class um, to accompany the readings that I was assigned. This was an in-person, face-to-face class. However, we were using a, a course website um, to uh, supplement our work. And so by putting those prompts online, students were able to really think through what it is that we're uh, discussing in class, um, both at the time that they were preparing um, and in the discussion itself. And this is a strategy I have gone on to use in all of my classes when possible. So having that strategy in advance, so in this case, sharing prompts early, helps to create conditions where students are more likely to talk rather than figuring out what to do on the spot. So number three, the third mistake I see facilitators make when students are quiet. That mistake is calling on people point blank. So the class is quiet and you look around the room and you see someone in the corner avoiding making eye contact and you say, hey you, what do you think about the response? Uh, what do you, what's your response to this question? Now, people often do this because they think maybe students just need a little coaxing, or maybe they do it because they want to send a message to the group um, to instill a bit of fear or to shame them to prepare next time. Um, and while maybe here and there it might work to get people talking, this is not an effective strategy for engagement. And here's why this is a problem. First of all, it's full of assumptions about why students are quiet, which we have already addressed. Second of all, it's not kind. Using shame and fear to motivate people is never an ideal approach. Um, and it just simply doesn't usually work because it creates a lot of anxiety amongst the students, which actually inhibits their learning. It doesn't help it. Depending on the researcher, Anywhere between 40 and 60% of the population is reported to identify as shy or introverted. And the majority of people in the U.S. fear public speaking more than death. Now, shy, introverted, anxious students are struggling in our classes. 
So this isn't a behavioral issue about students being defiant and not wanting to participate. Really, it's scary talking in class. I remember when I was in high school and I signed up for a Spanish class and I was a good student. I took the work seriously. I did my homework. I paid attention. Um, but this professor was the kind who always put students on the spot, unexpected, and uh, demanded that they speak. And I was so panicked in that class. I could not concentrate. I was so afraid I was going to be put on the spot and humiliated because even though I had a good idea about how to answer many of the questions he posed, the the fear of being put on the spot would make my mind go blank. And so I ended up withdrawing from that class because of that style. All right, so we don't want to put students on the spot as our default solution. Instead, a more effective and kind way of getting students to participate is to create opportunities for conversation that are less high pressure public performance moments. So in other words, we want students to engage, but without having to dive into public speaking. So a couple examples of ways that you might do this would be to provide a few minutes before a discussion for students to free write in response to your prompt. So in other words, you give them the opportunity to gather their thoughts so that they feel a little more prepared when it's time to speak in front of the group. Um, but also those who are really nervous about talking in front of their peers have some notes in front of them to work from. Another less high pressure way to engage would be to invite students to do a pair share. So they discuss the question with a partner rather than in front of the whole class. And you could use that activity as a way to ease into a larger class discussion. A similar version of that approach would be to invite people into small groups to discuss an idea before engaging in that full class discussion. And so that way the students have tested out their ideas, they've gotten over some of that awkwardness of using their voice for the first time in a gathering, and are more likely then to be willing to take that next step to take that risk to speak up in front of the group. And even for those students who don't speak up after that small group discussion, who are still a little too timid to talk in the full class, they have still nevertheless had that opportunity in that small group to use their voice and to participate in that kind of way. So I have put together a free PDF for you titled The Ultimate Quick Start Guide to Getting Students to Talk. So if you're looking for more ways to turn your classroom from blank stairs to lively conversation, I want you to check out this free guide for a bunch of simple strategies you can use right away in your very next class to move confidently, getting everyone talking. So head over to lauragreenfield.com forward slash one that's the number one, to grab your copy of the PDF, The Ultimate Quick Start Guide to Getting Students to Talk. Thanks so much for listening in today, and until next time, happy teaching.